We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, we pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, we invite you to go to bwccamden.com. Uh, you can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, uh, wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you are uh, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part. I'm going to tell you, the same thing I told you last week is the same truth today. He is not here. He is risen just as he said, okay? And that same truth will be reality for us tomorrow as well. This is a story of Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, coming to, uh, uh, coming to Christ and, and uh, as part of his journey. And beginning in verse tw- uh, 22, that's what I said, no, verse 6, excuse me, verse 6. It says, about noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and I heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I ask? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. He replied, my companions, uh, he replied, my companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord, I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus, and there you will be told uh, all that you are assigned to do. My companions led me by hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected of all the Jews living there. He stood before me and said, Brother Saul, uh, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that moment, I was able to see him. And then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one who will hear the words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all uh, people of, of what you have seen and heard. And now... What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling upon His name. Today we're excited, as I mentioned earlier, to have this opportunity to celebrate baptism with uh, three folks who have given their life to Christ. And so I thought today, uh, since uh, this is such an important part of our life as uh, believers in Jesus Christ, that we would spend some time explaining uh, uh, the, we know the how of baptism, but I think it's important that we know the why of baptism as well. Uh, Baptism does several things. Baptism unifies us uh, ultimately with Jesus Christ. Jesus was baptized. So people ask, well, should I... should I be baptized? Well, if Jesus, who was sinless, thought it was important enough for him to do it, uh, I think it's very important for us who are filled with sin, who have been saved and delivered by Jesus, to participate in this. And it also connects us with each other as a part of the body. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 4 through 5. Uh, the scripture tells us about the oneness that we have in Christ as a body. There is one body. There is one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. That's not a split gospel, not a blended gospel. We have one hope in Jesus Christ. You were called to one hope when you were called. And then in verse 5, he said, we have one Lord, we have one faith, and we have one baptism. So this is a very important thing for us 
uh, in Scripture, and Jesus is the example for us. The act of baptism, baptism act, you can tell I'm going to struggle with that today, but baptism, uh, the act of baptism actually uh, it demonstrates what is t- it's a symbol of what has taken place already in our life, right? We, we, have, we go down, that is the, the, it's a representation of the sins that were a part of our life, and now we have come up, and we have come up as a, as I preached last week, a new creation. Please understand, Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's not about being a good person. It's about being a new person, okay? We are new in Christ Jesus. He makes us new. And, uh, and the scripture says, morning by morning, new mercy. Oh, that's a, it's, you know, we have new mercies every day of our life. Brain, slow down. Okay. Uh, and uh, so uh, we have this new life in Jesus Christ, and now we have a new way of living uh, for Jesus. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 tells us this, for God called you to do good. Okay. He called us all to do good, even if it means suffering. Well, no, that's not what the preacher on TV told me. If I gave him $25, I wouldn't. Okay. No, no. We we talked about last week, our suffering unites us with Christ because, uh, you know, he overcame and we will overcome. He says, "Just just as Christ suffered for you, Jesus is your example. And now you must do what? Follow, what are these three words? In his steps. Follow in his steps. Jesus was baptized. We want to be baptized. Jesus loved others. We want to love others. Jesus gave. Jesus served. We want to demonstrate and emulate in our lives to be like Jesus Christ. In his steps. Anybody ever read the, the old book by Charles Sheldon, In His Steps? Anybody raise your hand? You've never, a handful of folks here. It's over 100 years old. It had a little revival in the 90s. And when I say what it, it's about, you'll remember it. Uh, but in this particular book, Charles Sheldon, who was a man who was very, uh, he was very passionate for the, the poor and the sick and those in need, reaching out to those who, who were struggling. That was his heart in his ministry because he felt like he was following in the steps of Jesus by doing this. He wrote this book. I'm not going to tell you the whole book, but basically a man comes into a church. Uh, he's in need. He winds up dying in front of the church after making a speech. And every person in the church who had had contact with this person, they go back and they begin to reflect upon their lives and they begin to ask themselves questions. When they, For every decision they make in their life, they ask themselves, what would Jesus do? If you ever wondered what that was, it, uh, uh, that, that people were talking about in the 90s. That's what that was. It was referring back to this uh, book. And I, and I tell you what, I think it's still a great template for us to live our lives. When I wake up tomorrow, I want to be able to say, Lord, you know, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do in this circumstance? So the question for those of you online, the question for all of us in here, are we walking in the steps of Jesus? Are we striving to be what we say uh, all the time, Christ-like? We want our lives to be like Jesus Christ. And First uh, John chapter 2, verse 6, it said, Whoever claims to live in Him, that's the talk, that claims to live in Him as the talk, must also walk as Jesus did. That is living out what we claim. And, uh, and, 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 and Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 26 tells us that, uh, you know, we're supposed to walk like Jesus, walk in his steps, all that. And then Galatians 5, 26, so 5, 26 tells us that we are to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? When the Holy Spirit moves, we move with him. 
Okay? All right, we don't move ahead of him. We don't move behind him. We walk with him. Sometimes, you know, you can visualize it however you want to. It can be a, a military step. It can be a dance step, whatever it is. We, when, we want to move and stay in step with the Holy Spirit. A lot, you know, once again, I want to, Holy Spirit is not, he is not just here when we are all gathered together. He is here now. He is with you tomorrow when you go to work, when you at the grocery, you know, wherever you may be. Even if you're at Walmart, he is there with you. Believe it. You may, you may have to remind yourself, he's with me, he's with me, but he's, he is, okay? And so, uh, so participating in baptism is to follow the steps and the command of Jesus. And uh, one thing that stands out in my text here for us today will kind of be our challenge uh, for our time together. And that is when Ananias, uh, his question to Saul, who was soon to be Paul, he asked him, you know, uh, you know you, this is your call, this is your charge, this is your command. So what are you waiting for? Let's go. What are we waiting for? Take us. We've seen all of the Rocky movies a billion times over. All right. The only one that stinks is Rocky Five. Okay. I like all the other ones. I love the Creed ones that they made uh, later. That you know, I enjoy every one of them. And uh, and and I don't know if it'll come up on the screen, but you may. Uh, what I hear is what are we waiting uh, for? Rocky Take us. And I hear him saying, "What are you waiting for?" Let's see if we can catch it one more time. What are we waiting for? That's what I hear. Right. So I ask us as his church today, what are we waiting for? All right. What are we waiting for uh, in life? Uh, all of us in here, uh, you know, there are probably things in our life on earth that we are putting off. All right. Some of you, it may be the, may be the yard, you know, springtime. It may be uh, the house. It may be you need to clean out the garage, the attic, whatever it may be. There are all these different reasons for why you are putting off doing those things. And, you know, we want to get those things done. Uh, and, and I think we've often found in our lives, both spiritually and in, uh, in our life here on this earth, a lot of times uh, what we uh, put off, uh, we, uh, uh, we often pay the price for what we put off. All right, by not following through. And we definitely don't want to do that spiritually. And spiritually, there may be some things in our lives that we know need to change. We know there are some things that need to be different. All of us can look within. We know our lives. We know where we are. We know what we're going through. We know what we're facing. But the, the, the charge that beckons to us today, God is the God of transformation, right? He, he exists to change us into a reflection of Him. So the question we must ask our, ourselves, if we haven't taken the step of faith to do the things that we need to do, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for in this moment in time? And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I begin to think because the Bible talks about all the time about today. In fact, all we have is today. We don't have the promise of tomorrow. None of us. We have today. So today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. So, you know, I, I, look, I take that and I say, you know what? Today is the day to leave apathy behind. All right. Today is the day to leave uh, procrastination behind. Today is the day uh, to, to, uh, uh, to be striving to be like Jesus. Today is the day to turn from rebellion. If you're in here today and, you, you know, you just you don't want to be here. I want you to know I'm so glad you're here today. And God loves you and he wants to change and transform your life in a powerful way. But we, you know, what are we waiting to turn from rebellion to turn? Uh, why are we, what are we waiting for to strive uh, and with all that we are to try to be like Jesus? Jesus to walk in his step. You remember what it said? Anyone who follows him must walk in his steps. And, uh, and when every day is a day uh, for us to take a step of faith, to strive to each day.
day become more like Jesus. Here's the deal. Sometimes it may feel like it's three steps forward and two steps back, but I guarantee you if you keep plugging, you keep going forward, you keep trusting, you keep studying your word, you keep praying, you keep, you're going to be that reflection of Jesus to those around you and be that impact in this world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so, you know, today is the day where we don't forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Today is the day where we find a place uh, of service uh, led by the Lord or in the church, wherever it may be. And today is the day we choose to give. And today is the day that we use the gifts that God has given us to impact others with the incredible and awesome love of Jesus Christ. That is our call. And that is us walking in the steps of Jesus Christ. Now, why do we wait? Uh, I have some thoughts here. I, there was an incredible study I came across years ago. It was from 2006. And it was uh, from some people. They, they were agreed to be a part of this study. It was a heart, uh, people who were going through heart surgery. I don't know how many of you have gone through heart surgery. But they were going through this heart surgery. And, uh, and the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the doctor had told them, each and every one of them gave them the same speech. You're going to have to make these changes, these changes, these changes, and these changes. You have to do these things differently. And every one of the patients says, yes, I am signing up for it. This is a new lease on life. Uh, you know, I'm getting more years to my life, whatever it may be. I'm going to make these changes. And I'm just, you know, I'm ready for this surgery. And I'm going to make all the changes that I need to make here. And, uh, and things are going to be different. Different. Uh, a pastor I served uh, my internship in Graniteville, South Carolina. Everybody know what Graniteville is? Okay. Uh, yes, we uh, a, great, a great man of God, Dennis Phillips. He's now in eternity, but he he did those things after a quadruple bypass, and he was able to live for fifteen or so more years uh, ministering. and And I saw him uh, make great changes. Now it offended me because I loved his steaks. All right. <laughs> Woo, but uh, but he made the changes he needed to make uh, for that uh, difference. Uh, but and, and here's the thing: they came back two years later, and they interviewed all these people who were still doing the uh, uh, you know who had been a part of this particular study. And what they found with all these in this particular study was that no one had made a single change in their life at all. Not one person. Now that somewhat doesn't surprise us, right? Uh, we, you know, it, it doesn't surprise us. You know, we have, we have good intentions and we, the, what is the old saying? The road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? That's not scripture, by the way. That's not in your Bible anywhere. Okay. Don't go saying, Pastor Jay said, Jesus said the road to hell. No, I did not say that. Okay. I saying that's an old saying. Okay. A wives tale or a husband's tale, whatever. It's not gospel. But it, there is some truth to it, right? Good intentions uh, won't take us uh, very far. And, uh, but here's what the interesting, interesting thing about the study to me was. Not that the people didn't make any changes. It was the fact that when they were interviewed, they all still intended to make those changes. Not yet. Yeah, I'm, I know. I, I said I was going to do it. I hadn't done anything yet. But I plan on doing it. Doesn't that sound like us? I, you know, I guess I could just speak uh, for me. I, y'all may not be in that thing, but but uh, but none of them had. You know, they didn't have the conviction to follow through. I want us to understand today: conviction is a biblical term that is a good term. All right, uh, God convicts us in regards to sin. The Bible says when we are when we're living in our sin, and He convicts us so that we realize what the, the great love of Jesus, what He's done in our lives, His sacrifice for us, His great love for us, and we give our life to Jesus. 
Jesus and begin to follow him. All right, now uh, uh, that is a good thing. And then he convicts us in regards to righteousness as we are following Jesus Christ. And we're trying to live according to the word, not what other people say, not what's out there in the world. We want to live according to the word. We, you know, it, it, uh, some of you may uh, be have experienced this before. You know, you had an attitude, you said something you shouldn't have said, you thought something you said, you know, and immediately you can feel the Holy Spirit tug. That was not right. That's not who you're called to be. That's a good thing. It might frustrate us at the moment, but it's a good thing. Why? Because he is turning us and changing us, transforming us into a reflection of him in our life. Now, there is a, conviction is good, because, but conviction without action means nothing. All right, it has to actually lead to action in our life. Now, there's another thing other than conviction. It's called condemnation. That does not come from God. All right, that comes from the enemy. God convicts us so that we can be everything that he wants us to be. The enemy wants to bring condemnation to our lives so we can think, I can't overcome. I can't be victorious. I can't have hope. I can't change. I can't do all of this. Uh, you, know, all, you know, whatever it may be, all the I can't sound, that comes from the enemy. But the Bible tells you as a believer in Jesus Christ, in Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? It didn't say a little, it said none. There is no condemnation for those of us who are in uh, Christ Jesus. So conviction is the Holy Spirit uh, stirring and moving in our lives, uh, helping us to die to self, die to sin, die to all those things so that we can uh, live for him. And then we, we make that decision that we are going to follow Jesus with all that we are have. Now, I'm assuming some of you, one or two of you have seen those Rocky movies that I mentioned earlier, all right? And it's a pretty much a formula. It's the same movie every time, right? That's okay, though. I like it. And, uh, and, and you know, what happens, you know, after Mickey says, what are we waiting for? You know, uh, at that moment in time. What immediately happens is, uh, takes place in that movie and happens all of it. There is going to be a workout training, 1980s thing, musical montage, getting ready for the battle. You're starting to get stirred up right now. It's not a worship song, okay? <laughs> But you know, it gets it gets us uh, it gets us ready to go. We're ready, you know, and and he, we can view our spiritual life in that way as well. We are going forward in Jesus, and we need to have that background music of the Holy Spirit. We need to have the music of worship in our mind and in our heart, and uh, pushing us to be to fulfill you know all the things God wants for us. So we're not asking what are we waiting for. We're saying, God, I'm going forward with you with all that I have. I'm committing my life to you. I am trusting in you as you know so you know I don't know about you uh, I love music y'all know that I've uh, tortured you for years with it with my singing but uh, here you know every every once in a while you get a song for a season y'all ever had that before song for a season and for me it was a song that's been around for a while I believe I just missed it along the way I was in here praying lights off just the music playing and uh, there was something particular I was uh, praying about and struggling with and this that, and that and this little song came on and and uh, and I don't know if y'all like Michael W. Smith or not I love him his nasally voice it's just it, you know it's okay uh, I enjoy uh, listening to him you know I grew up with him and but all of a sudden he's this is how I fight my battles that song came out this is how I fight my battles. So I'm starting to get built up a little bit. This is how I fight my battles. And you know, it's just very encouraging. And then I'm going to tell you, sitting in the chair in here, I almost melted when I heard those words. It may look like I'm surrounded 
but I'm surrounded by you. I want you to know that was my, at that moment in time, that was my dun 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 Gonna fly high, you know. Uh, all of a sudden, it was, you know, it was encouragement, it was strength. All of us in here, some of you may be facing battles right now. You may feel like you are surrounded, but you are surrounded by the love and the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So it comes back to the question as we're getting ready for uh, the baptism here in just a moment. And I pray you've been encouraged. I've still got some more to share with us today. But uh, I, I guess, I to, you know, what, what stops us from the changes we need to make to live righteous? What, you know, we can make excuses for it. We can try to do justifications for it. What is it that keeps us from pushing forward, pressing forward to those desire to, when I say live righteous, I'm not saying live perfect. I'm saying try to live like Jesus, act like Jesus, uh, uh, think like Jesus, love like Jesus, anything about it with Jesus. And here's the thing. We make plans to do that, right? A lot of times after a service, we make plans. We get stirred. We get moved. All right. I've seen people so stirred at the altar, they didn't come back to church for six months. Man, that was a lot of crying. <laughs> and I ain't seen, you know, I need to stop. <laughs> it's, we want to be inspired. We want, you know, that's why we come here together. Edification. We come together on the Sabbath and we gather together in small groups, whatever it may be, to encourage one another. That's what the early church did. They were being chased by the Romans, chased by the Jews. You know, they were chased by everybody and they were encouraging one another that Jesus is with us. We need to be doing that same thing to do. But, uh, you know, it's good to get inspired, but we have to put some things into action. We have to make some changes in our life. We are going to change. My action does not honor God. My action does not live up to what the word of God says. I'm not going to change what God says. I want God to change me into who he said I am. Okay? That's what we want to do. And that's what we want to be. And so I I found this list of of top reasons why people procrastinate. And I thought I'd share it with you real quick. Top ten reasons for procrastination. Oh, man. I guess I forgot to put them on there. My goodness. No, I did that on purpose. I thought I was... I was going to put a whole list of ten. I thought, you know, this would be funnier right here. We'll just stop right here. Oh, goodness. But you get it, right? I don't think I have to tell you the reasons I've, you know, uh, uh, we avoid things. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, not, we're not accountable, all these different things. You can, you can Google and find uh, whatever it may be. But, uh, uh, but oftentimes that's what uh, our list should look like. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, we, uh, we don't want to live our lives in procrastination. Uh, the time we have here is very limited. It's a mist and a vapor. And we want to, and we have to remind ourselves when we wake up, all right? We remind ourselves when I wake up every morning, this is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in Him. And here it is. It's okay. Everything might not be sunshine and roses. It's okay for you to wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. 
I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, all right? Before you know it, you'll find yourself, you keep proclaiming that, you're going to find yourself singing, this is a day that the Lord has made. You know, I sing it again. Okay. Uh, so, uh, baptism, uh, you know, there's... there's uh, uh, there's no reason for us to uh, 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 to procrastinate in our lives, and uh, and, and baptism is you know I, th- I think about uh, today in the church. Oftentimes, when somebody wants to get baptized, we we say you have to do. Uh, we we have a ten, ten week study over six months that we'd like you to participate in. In the early church, they said, "Hey, here's some water. Let's go." All right. You've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and baptism, uh, it, once again, baptism, communion are our ordinances. They are our sacred moments that we have together until we, until we see Jesus and we're in the new heaven and the earth. I want to make clear on a couple of things. Baptiz- bapti- baptism is not salvation. Okay? Uh, you are saved by the blood, not by the water. Okay? So it's not the action of baptism. It's not the formality of going through it that saves us. Salvation is something that uh, takes place uh, within us. Uh, baptism, once again, is ultimately a public proclamation to my family, to my friends, to the community, to the world. I have pledged myself to Jesus. In fact, Kyle Adaman, Pastor Kyle Adaman made the statement that, uh, that baptism is the wedding ring of the Christian faith. And I thought that was a beautiful statement. Immediately, my mind went back uh, to when Judy and I were married and uh, Dr. Beecham was doing the ceremony. He went off script uh, on the ceremony for a moment with the time when she was putting the ring on. I had that ring there and he was about to pray. And he said, you know, he charged me. He said, you're going into ministry. You're going to be traveling all over the place, this, that, and the other. He said, that ring that you wear is a reminder to you and to everybody else around you. You have pledged yourself to another. You have covenanted yourself to someone else. And that's what baptism is for us. It is us saying, Jesus, I am not, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. I am committing my life to you totally and completely. And where you lead me, I will follow. All right. So, uh, and you know, uh, and, uh, and you know, as parents, we try to uh, raise our, our our children in the way they should go, and we need a lot of grace along the way. They need a lot of grace along the way. Uh, but I want you to know that uh, faith is not an arranged marriage. Okay. A lot of times people think because they were born in America, you are a Christian or you are born in the South. You are extra Christian. Okay. Now, uh, none of us are born anything. Okay. We. Just like uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, we are what? We are born in sin and then we must be born again. Born anew, just like believers all over uh, the globe today. And so, uh, and and, and, um, uh, what you call it, Uh, uh, baptism is not uh, something that can be a forced obligation as well. Okay. All right. We don't baptize. Uh, we don't baptize babies because that's not demonstrated to us uh, in Scripture. Okay. We do like what was Anna, uh, with uh, Samuel and uh, and his mom. We we uh, dedicate them to the Lord. And when they come to a place of understanding of the love of Jesus and what He has done in their life, then they make the decision themselves and they say, "I want to be baptized in front of family and friends, and so I can proclaim to everyone that I have given my life to Jesus Christ." And today, everybody in the, sitting in this room, everybody's online, we have to make that decision. Have we made the decision to follow Jesus? No turning back. First uh, uh, Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 21, uh, the passage of scripture right here, it says, he says, the water symbolizes baptism. 
that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, rather, but a pledge of a clear conscience towards Jesus. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How are we able to be saved today? It's because he is not here. He has risen just as he said. We are able to be saved and made new, transformed. Uh, if, If you're in here today and you need to be renewed, he can renew us. Why? Because Jesus rose again. It is because the truth and the reality of of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the problem we have today often is that uh, uh, sometimes we like some of Jesus and we don't like all of him. But you can't have it that way. All right. Jesus was all in for us. All right. And he commands, he desires for us to be all in with him as well. And in John chapter six, in this passage of scripture, we see Jesus, he starts teaching some tough stuff about suffering. He starts talking about, uh, you know, all kinds of different things that you're going to go through. Uh, and, and people, the, the Bible says that people left him. His followers walked away from him. They left him. And then, uh, and, and so Jesus, uh, let's see, in, Act, in John uh, chapter 6 and verse 66, we see Jesus ask this question here. He says, from this time forth, many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And, you, and Jesus asked the 12, you do not want to leave too, do you? That's like a reverse altar call, isn't it? Instead of coming to Jesus, he says, what about y'all? Y'all going to stay? You understand this is, this is a, a faith of the cross and the resurrection. Are you willing to take up your cross and follow me? Are we willing to die to self so that uh, we can live for Christ and we can bless others? All the different things that are described in what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. He said, and Simon Peter responded to him. He said, Lord, to whom will we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. For every believer in Jesus Christ, that has to be the crux moment. Just as Jesus said, not my will, but your be done for us as well. Lord, there's nowhere else I would want to go because you alone have the words of life. And my trust and my hope and my faith is in you. It's making a decision. You know, a lot of times we, we like a little bit of Jesus. That's why we say, I say often today, the idol of our world is not necessarily the money and power and that kind of stuff. It's the Jesus that we have created in our own image. And he never convicts us. That Jesus we've created, he's okay with everything we do. We were always right in our actions. It was, uh, it was her fault. She's the one who started it. Uh, you know, we were, you know, but the Jesus is real, revealed to us in the scripture is that Jesus is going to bring transformation to us so that we can live in the love and hope and life and joy that is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's who we're following. That's who we give our life to. And uh, it is, it's uh, kind of like, a, a, you know, a, a, a people in a relationship with, you know, Jesus, I, you know, and it can be this way in the dating world as well. Yeah, I, I like you as long as, as long as things are okay or nothing else better comes along. Okay? That's not the way it is with Jesus. Jesus demonstrated his love for you, God, and for us. God so loved the world that he gave his son to be that sacrifice for us. Uh, in our lives. And Jesus wants all of us because he gave his all for us. On the day of Pentecost, the first gospel message was preached and it was by Peter. In Acts chapter 22, verse uh, 37, 38, I wanted to, want us to look at this. Peter replied, repent and be what? 
baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a what? He is a gift in our lives. When the people heard this, they said they were cut to the heart and said to uh, Peter and the other apostles, what must we do? Have we experienced a conviction that cuts us to the heart? That says something's got to change. Something's got to be done. I'm pray, I, most of all of us in here, we have experienced that. Where we, we, and when we come to Jesus, we find that he doesn't turn us away, but he receives us into his arms. And he says, I'm here to love you and to change you and to transform you into who you are called to be. <clears throat> and then, uh, oh, that's, that's the end of that passage of scripture. Conviction ultimately always leads to a desire for action in our lives. Uh, we re- for here, the call was... Uh, the Ananias told uh, Paul, repent, be baptized, uh, and uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you know, go in all the world, all that kind of stuff. For us today, uh, we always want to be in a place where we want Jesus to move in our heart. Even if that means some stuff, junk that needs to be cut out, just like the surgeon cuts out that junk. We want that stuff uh, taken out, and we want it replaced with more of Jesus in our lives. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Everybody would just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Father, we thank you for this day. And I thank you for this time of teaching. And I pray that something in some way, shape or form, stirs something in our hearts. Lord, we humbly place ourselves before us. You know our frailties. You know our fall. You know our struggles. You know what we go through. You know what the, the, you know our past. You know everything about us, God. And knowing everything about us, you gave your life on the cross for us. Your love for us was so that you gave yourself for us. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we, we say today, Lord, we, uh, as we go and celebrate uh, with these three who are, giving their, uh, who are making this public proclamation, that they have given their life to Jesus. We want to also, as we live our lives, be a living proclamation of the reality that Jesus lives in us. We thank you for your grace that saves us. We thank you for your grace that sustains us. And we thank you for your grace that will be with us until we see you face to face. And so today, Lord, I thank you for uh, uh, moving in Hank and in Abby and, and in Brian's life. And I just thank you for this time of celebration we get to do together as a part of the body of Christ. Baptism unites us together with Christ and it unites us together with one another. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com, go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.